Good afternoon. Good seeing everybody's smiling faces, all happy. Nice spring weather outside. Well, not as good as Saturday, but I guess uh, or Friday was really a good day, wasn't it? Where it was super warm. Pretty awesome weather. Um, our sermon series, we just uh, ended asking for permission and seeking God to uh, let us have permission on things we do. And today we're just doing a standalone sermon. Today's sermon is entitled Unparalleled Strength. It's a sermon that uh, we're going to look into today and look for God's Word to speak to us about uh, strength that He can supply to us as mortal men that He has created, that He can empower us, that He can embolden us, and He can strengthen us. Because sometimes we don't have strength enough to make it through the day. Amen? We're facing troubles or trials or we're perplexed on every side. The Bible says that what should we do? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, the joy is going to be your strength. You need to be a little happier. Amen? Need, need to get a little happier and have a little smile on your face and a little encouragement and be an encouragement to somebody else and just uh, to strengthen people. But as we're uh, looking at this message that there's unparalleled strength, it's a strength that's beyond comparison to anything else. And as I was pondering about this scripture and this uh, sermon, that it's something that we want to be empowered by God. How many desires to be empowered by God? Amen. Amen. That I desire his power, I desire him to equip me to do the work of the ministry that he's called me to do. And we're all called. We all receive a calling. When we become Christians, when we give our life to God, he, he gives us a calling. And the Bible says in Romans that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. If he gives you a calling, if he called you by birth to a certain calling, to a certain thing, to a certain item, then that calling is going to remain with you. And you can't take that back, and God won't take it back, that he leaves it on you. No matter what you do, you may run away from it, you may run towards it, and you may do everything that he asks you to do, but it's up to you. He leaves us with our own will that we decide what we do. He will not force himself upon anyone. He will not make any human do anything that they don't want to do. He gives us a free will. And I thank God for that. Amen? Because we would be like robots if it wasn't for that will, if it wasn't for that ability to do whatever we desire. But the thing is, what do we desire? As a Christian, when we become a Christian, we become saved, that we're bought by the blood of Jesus, what do we desire? Our desires should change. Amen? Amen? Our, our hunger and our thirst after things, after righteousness, the Bible says if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. Amen? We should desire that God would impact our lives in a greater way than ever before. So as we look at this message, I want us to think about from the book of Judges is where we're going to take our text today, the book of Judges, and it's a... A book that's kindly in between. It's in a, a season in between these uh, points in time. There was the patriarchs of God in, in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy that's telling the story. We know that from, from all the way from Adam to Moses and to uh, Joshua. You go into Joshua, and then we land in the Judges, the book of Judges. And this period, this season of time is where that God allows and equips people to be judges over the people of Israel so that uh, they can know what's right. How many knows we need to know what's right? We need to know right from wrong. And sometimes we can be uh, troubled 
We can be perplexed about some things, but we need to ask God to supply people in our lives that can equip us, that can challenge us, and he's doing that through the judges. It's a season in between. So it's a season in between the kings and the patriarchs. It's known as the judges. And if we're going to talk about strength, we can act just like we're in children's church. Look over at your neighbor and say, you look kind of childish. Yeah, you look a little bit childish, so we're just going to have, we're going to have some children's church up here. Amen. We'll, we'll go back to the days of our youth. It's, it's better there anyway. Amen. The farther we get away from youth, we think, man, if I could just have that years over to do over again. Now's your time. You're in children's church. So we're going to look at Samson. It's one of the great stories of the Bible. I love the, the story of Samson. It's in uh, Judges chapter 13 is where it begins, telling the story of Samson. Judges chapter 13, verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered unto them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. How many evil things do we do in the sight of God? How many of our actions burdens his heart? That he says, my child, I wish you would do better. I wish you would make better decisions. The only reason you need a judge is because you need somebody to decide. Amen? The only reason you're ever going to land before a judge down at the courthouse is because you need somebody to decide, was you right or was the cop right? And that judge, I want one with an impartial judgment. Amen? I want a judge that's going to be impartial, that he doesn't have any, any ideals coming into the courtroom, but he'll listen to the, to, the, to the stats, he'll listen to the numbers, he'll listen to really what happened, and he may watch the evidence that's being submitted, and he will be a righteous judge. I believe God is a righteous judge. Amen. Amen. I don't believe he will be unfair in his judgment towards us. So as, as this is happening, the children of Israel are walking away from God, and he says he delivered them into the hands of the Philistines. So guess what? If they were delivered into the hands of the Philistines, that would be like putting in, being put in jail. He was put in jail because he was guilty. Now there, were, now there was a certain man from Zorah, the family of Danites, whose name was Manah. His wife was barren and had no children. This sounds like a common story that if we look through Scripture and look through uh, uh, scriptures as an entirety, you will see any time there's a problem that God will equip some elderly couple that seems like there's no way out for them, that they're going to bear no children, that God will equip them with children. You can go through and list multiple ones of throughout Scripture of Abraham and, and Sarah and, and, and you look at Zechariah in the New Testament. It's all over Scripture, the places of, of some seasoned saints that gave up and felt like there was no way out, that God will break through right in time when a season of trouble is there. And I don't know what you're perplexed with today, but I'm here to tell you that God is well able to handle your situation. He's not burdened. He's not, he's not sitting up on heaven on His throne, scared and shaking, saying, oh, know what am I going to do now I can't believe that happened the children of Israel were perplexed God was not this wife had was barren and had no children and the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her indeed now you are barren and have borne no children but you shall conceive and bear a son somebody that is barren that has no children and an angel shows up and says, you're going to have some kids. You're going to have a son. 
Bible says we entertain angels unaware. And we go on and read down on farther into uh, uh, Judges chapter 13, and you'll see that, that they go out and look at him, and he looks like a man. So this, this angel shows up and, and gives this declaration, you're going to have a son. Now, therefore, please be careful and do not drink wine or similar drink. Look to your neighbor and say, don't drink. And not to eat anything unclean. Look to your neighbor and say, don't eat no unclean things. Wash your taters before you eat them. Amen. Yep, do something. You know, eating shrimp. You know, Leslie just peels them and eats them. They're raw. It's nasty. I think they ought to be cooked. Amen. That's an unclean thing if you eat something raw. Like I like raw taters, but I don't like raw shrimp. Something's wrong. It's crazy. For behold, you shall neither, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. No razor shall touch his head. I would look good with a mullet just from the sides. You know, after I got old and my, lost the top, and Kevin, you'd be right there with me. We'd, and Sean, the other several in the room, you'd look good with, uh-oh, we got, we got another one back here. Yeah, well, there's all kinds. And we, we would look good, you know, with a big mullet. Well, I mean, you probably had a mullet. You're, you're age enough to have a mullet. I'm sure he did. And... And look cool with a mullet, you know, with no hair on top. Wouldn't that be awesome? This is a Nazarite vow. This is something that God called, and it's a vow that you can take to God. And it's a serious thing. Anything spiritual is serious. Better be. But this baby is being born into a vow. That's a calling. Jeremiah says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. That God called Jeremiah to be a prophet, a preacher to the nations. It's amazing how God ordains these things to happen. And, and, it, and it's up to us to keep those things. Amen. You're gifted. Whether you think you are or not, God has gifted you. He's given you abilities to do things for his kingdom, for a purpose on this planet. Nobody's born on accident. Nobody is born without a purpose from God. And he's telling this child, this mother and father, this child that's not even born yet, whenever your boy is born, this was before ultrasounds. This was before you could go up there and, and lay on a table and get them to wipe that jelly on you, you know, and, and get the little wand out and look at it. And, oh, it's a boy, it's a girl. And then you go and release balloons out of a box or maybe you cut into a cake and get a different color. And, you know, all these cool things we do today. It wasn't like that. An angel saying, it's going to be a boy. You know what that's a sign of? Can you imagine this couple that were barren, that had no children, being declared to by an angel that you're going to have a boy? I'd say, Greg, they built on the side of the house, and I would say that they put, put some blue curtains up, that they probably had some, a blue little basket sitting there of some kind, that they maybe done some, uh, got some rocks and mashed up that was blue. I don't know. They might have uh, uh, crushed a bunch of uh, uh, blue shell and, and made some blue uh, ink and put it up over the walls and painted the walls really good and blue. I'd, I would say they had faith. I would say they went into this with some unparalleled strength that they knew something is going to happen where there was nothing. How many times in our life are we facing something where God is telling us, you got to act by faith? Amen. Walk by faith and not by sight. 
So as this is happening, and, and his son ends up being born, and he's, they name him Samson, this, this son of theirs, and he's born in the next three or four chapters. You can go home and read this stuff. I ain't going to read every chapter to you because we're going to get down there and baptize somebody real quick here in a minute. But there's, there's all this story that goes into that Samson, he is born, and he, he begins to grow up, and he, he, he begins to recognize that he's got an unparalleled strength. One time he was traveling down through the yard, and, and he's traveling down through there, and he found this donkey. And he took this donkey's jawbone and he killed a thousand people in war. It's a, it's a wild thing to think about that you could kill a thousand people with an AR-15 in battle by yourself. But to kill it with the jawbone of an ass, that's crazy. That's unparalleled strength. That's, that's beyond what's recognizable by human forces. A human, a human form cannot do that. That is only God. There's things that happen in our life that we need to look back and see, man, that wasn't me, that was God. Amen? We need to give Him credit. That could have only been God. There's no way possible I could have got out of that. I can tell you a story about out drinking one night and I was out partying and running around and there was four of us in our truck and, and traveling out through around a ridge and sliding sideways and it was like I was in slow motion as I was sliding around those gravels, Greg. And I should have slipped off of that bank out there on that ridge. But I know there was something else holding that truck on that road that night. It was only God because I had a praying mama at home that was praying, what's my son out there doing? Why is he acting like this? Prayers change things. And we need to give credit to God when he's the one that keeps us. So as Samson recognizes his power from God, that he's got something abnormal, that there's something different about him, he recognizes, I just seem, I just feel like I'm different. Is there anybody in this room that feels like from birth that you just felt like, man, I'm different than everybody else. I don't fit in with the crowd all the time. It seems like I'm an outsider. Everywhere I go, I'm, I'm somebody different. I'm weird. Amy, why are you laughing? <laughs> just weird, you know what I mean? There's just weird people out there. That's the way I've always felt. My grandma would get me off by my side and, and tell me, Bimbo, Bimbo, where you going? And singing to me and say, you're different, man. And in my world, I thought I was the only one. But I would say you could go to every grandkid she had, and one at a time she would pull us in and tell everyone I was, man, you're really, really special. We're all unique. We're all useful to God. Samson seen unusual strength but what's he going to use it for he uses it what most young men use it for he goes down to the Philistines and he looks and sees a pretty girl it's like yeah woo. supposed to be a Nazarite man chill out a little bit he goes back to his mom and dad and he says mom and dad I need you to go down there to the Philistine camp and get this one girl for me because she's, she's, she's really really hot and I'm really really not and the mom and dad's like, man, the dad tells him, said, son, come on. Can't you choose a different girl? Isn't there not somebody in the, in the household of Israel that you, could, that you could pick? But dad, I really want that one. How many will say that kind of sounds like me? Our heavenly father giving us good advice, saying this is what you need, and you're saying, no, that's not what I want. I want what I want. It happens every day of our life. 
the Father whispering in our heart, don't go that way. Don't do that. Keep your mouth shut. But God, I want to tell them what I think. But God, I want, I, I want, to, I want to just set them in their place. I want, to, I want to set them straight. God said, yeah, just, just close your mouth. Because the tongue is the most unruly member. That's what James says. How many say that's true? My tongue gets me more trouble than anything else. Leslie's foot gets her in more trouble than anything else when she gets caught for speeding all the time. I was asleep one time on a vacation and woke up and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, there's blue lights back there. And I, yeah, I know. That's, I, I can tell. I was only going 96. And she told the cop, I got to pee. We all get in trouble. Amen? Can everybody just raise your hand and say, I've been in trouble. I've been in trouble with God. Amen? I've had God trying to tell me to do something a certain way, and I do it the opposite way, and when it falls apart, then I'm, a, I'm standing there all on my own. I've got to go back to God and say, God, I need you to fix this. And you know what he does? He says he'll fix it every time. So as we're looking at this, think about this unparalleled strength and, 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 and wind up, uh, his dad and mom takes him and goes down to Philistines and they get him, this girl, and they like, that's a, like a arranged marriage in their culture and their society, the way it worked, and, and they lined them up and, you know, they got married and next thing you know, there's this trouble where that he, he told her, the girl something he sent and he said, you know, braggadocious and trying to show off and, and as he's showing off and says, uh, just tell me what this riddle means and I'll give you this and then next thing you know, the girl's like, well, what's the secret to the riddle? I need to know the secret. It's secret. Sam's like, no, I'm not telling you the secret. I ain't even told my mom and dad yet. I'm not telling you. But it breaks my heart, Samson. You really should tell me. And why do you want to treat me this way? And it just makes me so sad. And then Samson gives in, tells her what the riddle is. Guess what happens? Nope. This is a different time. Her friends. She tells them what the secret is. Samson ends up owing them this money. He goes out and kills a bunch of them, takes his cloaks and all this stuff, and takes and gives it to them and pays the price. He used the unparalleled strength that God had given him to do the work of the children of, for the children of Israel, and he done it for his own benefit. And he paid off a debt of something he should have never said. Next thing you know. Samson runs away, mad, embarrassed. Goes back to his mom and dad's. His father-in-law says, well, looks like Samson ain't coming back no more. Gives his girl, his daughter, to the best man. Now they're married. Samson comes back down the road to the Philistine camp a little while later, bringing a gift. And when he gets there, he asks his father-in-law, what about my, my wife? He said, I thought she was gone, man. I give her away. Won't you take my younger daughter? <laughs> Samson's like, no. Samson gets mad. This is where he takes the foxes, ties their tails together, puts a, a torch on the middle of their tail, and it goes out and burns down the whole. All the, all the, all the wheat fields catch on fire. 
Has anybody else ever tried to fix your own mess? So he burns down their wheat fields and it, it completely destroys the crops and then everybody in Philistines, who is that goofy Samson? What's wrong with him? Over, over because he lost his wife, now he's going to burn down the whole wheat field and what are we going to eat this winter? Where are we going to store up our food? How are we going to make it? And they all come after him and he gets in a fight, you know, and he fights and all this. And it, the story goes on and on and on. And it's just chaotic that it's, that it's uh, uh, God moving and then, then Samson messing it up. And then God moving and then Samson messes it up. How often is it like that in our life that God will begin to move, God will begin to align some things, and we sense and, that he know, and we know that he's moving, that he's changing things in our life, and then we mess it up. Samson was the same thing. It's an unparalleled strength that God has given us. He's equipped us to do great exploits among the nations of the world. And what do we do? We continue to mess things up. Winds up, now we come to the time where he finds Delilah. I said it wrong this morning two or three times, and finally Leslie told me I was wrong. and I was wrong. When your wife tells you you're wrong, you're wrong. Just, take, just accept it. It's easier that way. I kept saying Dinah. That's another story in the Bible. It's Delilah. So I got it right this time. It's Delilah. So he finds Delilah and, and she tells him, Oh, you're so sweet and you're so handsome. Samson, won't you come down here? And then next thing you know, he's down there flirting around with her. Then all the other guys begin to say, Well, find out what his strength comes from. We want to do away with this Samson. He's burning our fields down. He's, he's coming down here pillaging our community. He's messing things up in society. Let's fix him. What's he, where's his strength lie? Delilah asked him two or three times. You know the story that one time she tells her about these bands, and they wrap bands around his arm, and she wakes him. Oh, no, Samson, the Philistines are upon us. And he jumps up and breaks him and goes out, and, and the next time he tells her something else, and then this is the third time sitting there, and, and she says, oh, tell me the truth. You're making a fool out of me, Samson. Once again, Samson's normal way of messing things up falls into the trap, into the snare, and he tells her, the strength is because I'm a Nazarite. And a Nazarite vow is one where you won't cut your hair. If my hair ever gets cut, the vow is broken. And my strength will be gone. And he lays there and goes to sleep, thinking that he's going to wake up the next morning and everything's going to be the same. Snoring just like normal. Just another day. Everything's just going to stay the same forever. Life just keeps going on and on, and I get chance after chance after chance. It's always going to be the same. There's a tomorrow. I can mess up today, there's going to be a tomorrow. Early the next morning, Delilah screams, Samson, awaken. The Philistines are upon you. And he jumps up out of bed, and they've got him handcuffed and chained, and, they, and, he, and he goes to break like he normally would just break whatever people would try to bind him by. And this time it wouldn't break. And he was captured by the enemy. They put him in stocks, and they, they begin to make him do all this extra work and different things, and they, they pluck out his eyes. He loses his vision. He loses it all. Totally humiliated by the enemy. Can I tell you something today? What the enemy desires to do to you is the same thing that Jesus prophesied to Peter. 
He looks to sift you as wheat. John chapter 10, verse 10 says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to have you, you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus, Jesus said that the devil wants to steal everything in your life. He wants to kill you. But Jesus came to give us life. Samson, humiliated. The man with unparalleled strength. Completely lost it all because of giving it away. It wasn't that anybody took it. He gave it away. What do we do with the gifts God's given us? We give them away. We say, yeah, I used to be able to do that, but anymore I can't. Well, I used to pray that much. Or I've seen and prayed prayers and people's lives be transformed and changed, but anymore I can't do that. I don't have it anymore. I feel beaten down. I feel wore out. I used to have the gift of helps. So I used to be able to help people and, and go out and do different things and, and minister and, and be involved. But anymore, I just can't do that. Is it that you can't? Or that we won't? So Samson, at the end of his life, after he's been humiliated so long, In Judges chapter 16. They were looking to make an open ridicule, an open public spectacle of Samson, the people of Philistine. They were having a big party, this big occasion where the, all, all the who's who was in. It would be like inviting all the political uh, aristocrats and all those with uh, great power and wealth and business owners and all these people, the, the who's who of society. They invite them all in and, and they're all there and they're thinking, well, what can we do for fun today? Let's make fun of somebody. No matter where you, get, where you go in society, there's cliques. I had a boss say one time that, you know, clicks are only good if you're in them. I was like, it's pretty true. Clicks are a lot of fun when you're in them. But it's real easy to go from inside the click to outside the click. All it does is some, some dumb move will take you from the inside the click and on the inside end crowd to being on the outside looking in. That's what happened to Samson. And now all these powerful people are sitting around saying, what can we do? Verse 25 of Judges chapter 16. That happened when their hearts was merry. They said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they called Samson from the prison and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the two pillars. And then Samson said to the Lord who held him by the hand. To the lad who had held him by the hand. Let me fill the pillars which support the temple so that I may lean on them. Now when the temple was full of men and women, all the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray, strengthen me. Look to your neighbor and say, I need God's strength. Just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. 
And Samson took a hold of the two middle pillars which had supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and one on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Estol in the tomb of his father Manoah. He had judged Israel 20 years. Pointed to man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. Once. Then we'll be judged according to what we've done. Our actions, our attitude, how much we've used our callings that God's called us with, and we're going to stand before God and give an account. That's if you come. I want to ask you today. How many can sense that the power of God wants to strengthen you today? That God wants to equip you with unparalleled strength. That the calling of God is on your life. That it's on purpose. And He's got a plan. He's just desiring you. Choose today to use it. Make the choice of saying, God, I desire to do what you desire. Won't you stand? Won't you just bow your head and close your eyes if you will? Nobody looking around, I don't want I just want to ask you today, is there anybody here that'll say that Pastor Ben, I just feel like that God is speaking to my heart and He's telling me today that there is an unparalleled strength that I can have. And He's letting me know I need it. And I need to use what He's called me to do. Is there anybody here to lift your hand and say that's me? I need to use what God's given me. I need to quit holding back. Amen. Put your hands down. Father, I thank you today. God, for the people that's here. Lord, there may be some here today that, is, that has been close to you in times past. Lord, to take sense today in this, this message today that there's a a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. And God, I pray today that if there's anybody here that's in a backslidden state just like Samson so many times that he would come towards you and then he would backslide away. God, if there's anybody here that needs to know you, Lord, I just pray today that you would just equip them to make the choice today to walk out of here knowing, God, that you are king of their life, that you are Lord of their life. God, I know that you say in your word that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 when he was telling the disciples at the end of his walk that he, that he told the disciples 
Blessed are those that endure to the end, for they shall be saved. God, I pray that there would be an endurance come upon your people in this room. Lord, that we would endure tribulation. Lord, that we would overcome obstacles. Lord, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that you would raise up a standard against it, O oh God. And God, for the people in this room that raise their hand that says that they need an unparalleled strength. Lord, that the calling that you have on their life, that they can sense today, God, that you are, you are reinvigorating a fire within them, God. A former vow that they have made before you, God, where that they have said, God, if you allow me to do this, I will do it. Lord, equip them today. Empower them today. Embolden them today to do the work that you've called them to do. Lord, your giftings and callings are never, with, Lord, they're without repentance. You'll never take them back. And God, I pray today, Lord, I thank you for reigniting the fire in our hearts. Help us to do the work of the ministry. Lord, there's people in our community that needs to hear about your love, that needs to hear about your mercy. Lord, they need to hear about your grace. Lord, that there's nobody too far. Lord, your word says that you, you don't want any to perish, but you want all to come to repentance. Help us to always have faith, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.